Matthew 5, verses 1 through 6. And seeing the multitudes, he went up to a mountain, and when he was seated, uh, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, and this is what he said. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they who do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Brother Truett, would you lead us in prayer, please? Thank you. This beatitude uh, speaks of a strong desire. It speaks about an ambition. An ambition. What is your, what is my ambition? We need to understand, we need to know what is our ambition. And in that ambition, God needs to be incorporated, okay? Because he knows, the Bible said he knows our desires, right? He knows our needs. He knows our wants. He knows our thoughts before we think them. So, you know, our ambition is important that there may be things uh, that people, an ambition may be something that people are striving for. Well, you know, you take our young people today and you ask them, what do you want to be when you grow up? Used to, they could tell you right quick. But now, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, I don't say it's sad because the field is wide open. I mean, so many things that, that our young people can go into versus when we came along and graduated from high school and what was available. And uh, you ask some uh, who are even uh, fixing to head off to college, uh, universities, what do you plan to do? I don't know. I don't know. You know, it would be a confusing thing to be in. Uh, also, I've known people to go to, to school and um, graduate with a degree and never use it. Never use it. Well, when we think about that, that's that ambition. Uh, ambition is a word that can be used in either good sense or a bad sense. Um, our little five-year-old uh, granddaughter, she will tell you she wants to be a rock star. And uh, recently, she's changed it to a pop star. And so I asked her, I said, well, um, Ansley, I said, Granddaddy plays the trombone. I said, can I be in your band? Oh, yes, sir, you can be in the band. So I don't know that I'll live to see her become that and me be in it or not. He might have to wheel me in there in a wheelchair. But she's got an ambition already. She's driving at what she wants to do. And... Um, uh, Lynn has had the privilege of, of watching some of her students whose ambition was to be a school teacher back in the fourth grade. And hey, uh, they worked toward that. Even in Africa, this little girl was so, her ambition was to be a teacher. And already she had qualities and abilities that when Lynn would be doing her teaching there in Africa and they had several groups, this little girl would take a group and, and teach them. She spoke English. And she spoke the, the Swahili language. And uh, her desire to be a teacher, another young boy named William, he loved Lynn's Bible. I mean, he just, he just like just latched on to it. And Lynn felt led to give the Bible to him before she left. His desire is to become a doctor there in Tanzania. That's his ambition. And so, you know, we think about our ambition. What, what is our ambition? Uh, you know, uh, Lucifer, he was the most beautiful creature God had ever made. And I wonder, when I, when I thought about this and read about him and how he, he failed, what did God create him for? What did God have in mind for 
Satan, for Lucifer. What do you have in mind for him? Well, you know, he had it, Lucifer had in mind, I want to be in charge. I, I want to be, I want to do what you do, but I want to be above you. And so, hey, we know that he was kicked out of heaven. And uh, God's response to him was, Thou shalt be brought down to hell to be in the sides of the pit. Now, the Bible says that when people go to hell, that the people that are already there rise up to meet them as they enter in. I cannot imagine that. Well, Nebuchadnezzar was another one. Uh, he was king in Babylon, and he, you know, he was great, and he ruled. And, and he, when he finished up, he said, look what I have done. And I have done this, and I have done that. Well, you know, God had a, had a plan for him also. I think of the, of the, of the rich um, fool. The Bible says that uh, he, his ground brought forth plenty. And because it brought forth plenty, he says, I'm going to, I don't know what I'm going to do, except I'm going to tear down my old barns, and I'm going to build bigger barns, and I'm going to fill them up, and I'm going to sit back and say, soul, take it easy. You've earned it. You deserve it. And God simply says, you fool, tonight your soul will be required of you. And I think, what is, what is our ambition? Not just y'all's. What is mine? What, what is our uh, ambition? And, and our scripture tonight is, Blessed are they who do hunger and thirst after righteousness. Now that's the, the righteousness of God because we know, according to scripture, that our righteousness is as filthy rags. Just because I think so doesn't make it always right. Just because this is what I want to do doesn't make it always right. Unless it's according uh, to God's holy ordinance, according to uh, the word of God. And he says, I'm going to bless you if you are hungry and thirsty to become more righteous under my authority. So how does this beatitude fit in with the others? Now, we've looked at the other three. Uh, ours is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, we shall be comforted. We shall inherit the earth, and we shall be filled. This one falls right in line. One goes with the other, just like the Ten Commandments. The, the Beatitudes, one follows the other. One backs up the other. It gives us a goal to reach for. It gives us an ambition to, hey, I, I not only want to memorize these things, I want to be a part and do those things that the Lord Jesus is commanding me to do. Like the Ten Commandments are not suggestions. They are commands that you and I as God's child that we follow. So not only how does it fit, but the second thing is what does it mean to hunger and to thirst? Well, to hunger and thirst are intense desires. Okay, I get thirsty up here sometimes, okay? Now, I, I won't say I get hungry. You know, I, I plan, try to plan ahead. Uh, I try not to eat before I preach because of what goes on after you eat, okay? We all human, aren't we? But he says, hunger and thirst. The concept that Jesus is, is talking about here in Matthew 5, 6 was more, more powerful than, uh, than his culture was. Um, 
that it, it should be ours. We, we think of hunger and thirsting as when our stomach is, uh, I've heard people say, my stomach's annoying at my backbone. Well, you know, a lot of people are used to eating at a certain time, and you better not get in their way. I mean, if they're used to eating at 12 o'clock, you better not hold off till 1 because they're going to get ill. And then the longer you wait, the iller, every time you spell iller, they're going to get. They're going to get upset. Hey, I've got to eat. Well, you know, and some of you have been on these, these trips and some of you have been on these cruises. Um, especially a cruise, I mean, it's uh, 24-7 eating. Nobody should go hungry. But you know, when Lynn and I was preparing to go to Africa, I mean, we prepared, but we didn't prepare fully enough, probably. Uh, one of my first trips to Africa, they told us, they said, now, you know, we're going to board a plane, and we're going to fly here, we're going to fly there. There are going to be times when you may not get to eat when you want to eat, so you better carry a snack. Okay, well, you know what happens to snacks when you go through customs, uh, all those who are checking, they're hungry and they're thirsty. And so they take what you got and they throw it in the trash. But don't let me think, hey, they don't root and dig in there and get it out. But I planned. I, I, my ambition was to go and not to be hungry. So about six weeks before that first trip came up, I just backed off on my eating. Hey, I'd try to eat breakfast and, hey, nothing else unless I absolutely had to have it. And hey, thank goodness I did. I never forget on one, we had been traveling all day long. We traveled on a bus. We traveled in a car, as such it was. And when we got to what they called a motel, uh, the boy said, now y'all stay right here, keep the door locked. I'm going after supper. This was 8 or 9 o'clock at night. We waited and we waited. Rick Lee came back with a little brown paper bag, had about six fish in their heads and all. And uh, yes, I eat it. Hey, I went after it wide open. I hadn't been eating all day long. I, I would have eaten anything probably. You know, our ambition. How do we train our system? You know, I've heard people say, well, if I don't eat, I get a headache. Well, so hey, you can get a headache. What do you do about it? Eating? Well, how long is it going to take the food to get to the stomach? And the stomach says, okay, head, you quit hurting. I'm satisfied. You know, it's that ambition again. Listen. It's not physical, but he's talking about spiritual, hungry and thirsty for the Word of God and hungry and thirsty to live a right kind of life that I don't want anything getting uh, in my way. Uh, how hungry and thirsty are we? Now, you know, we seek in God's righteousness according to this, uh, and it says, if we do, we shall be filled, okay? I used to work with this uh, Oh boy, he he uh, he was our laborer, and uh, I'd ask him sometime. I said, "Robert, you got enough?" And this is what he'd say: "He said I've had too enough. You know, I've overeat. Um, I've understood that don't work either. Hey, stretch yourself out there, look bloated like a frog, and the next time you eat to eat is not enough to make it do that. And then your stomach starts saying, "Hey, what's happened up there? Is the mouth shut down?" I had a, my, one of my preacher teachers says, here's how, we, here's how we do the Word of God. He said, we just read it, go on. We might forget about it. We might remember it. He said, it's like eating. Sometimes we send food down to the stomach that the teeth should have took care of. You know, and the stomach lets us know. And so when we, we uh, 
I don't want to use the word discount, but right off, that's all that's coming to mind. When we discount the Word of God, well, I'll get to it. I'll get, I'll get with it. But blessed are they who do hunger and thirst. What does he say? After righteousness. In other words, what does God want? What does God expect? Uh, when, we, when we think of what God wants, uh, we need to forget about our own wants. Because he is, uh, uh, David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Okay? God's going to take care of that want. What about our needs? Hey, uh, he's going to supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. So I shouldn't want and I shouldn't need. But when it comes to righteousness, sometimes we discount the thing. We don't follow through. We don't read the word of God like we ought to. I think of Moses' his desire and his experiences. What about the burning bush? You know, God called him aside. Hey, there's something going on over here. You need to see this. Hey, that was something, wasn't it? The bush burning didn't burn up. And God spoke to him out of the bush. Will he do it today? Yes, he will. If he did it then, he can do it now. Uh, If he he so chooses to do so. I think about Moses and the plagues. How many times did he go to Pharaoh and beg him to turn God's people loose? I ain't going to do it. I don't care what you say. I don't care who you're from. And he watched these plagues, one after another, take place. And then can you imagine... The faith that Moses had as he stood on the shore of the Red Sea. The enemies are coming. He's got his folk right there. They're all nervous. They hear the chariots coming of the Egyptians. And they know they're going to be overtaken. And Moses said, hey, y'all be quiet. Y'all be still. And let's see what God's going to do. Of course, he parted the waters. The Bible said they went across on dry, dry ground. And after they got across, God let the waters come in on the Egyptians. They were destroyed. Seeking the Lord. That's all Moses was doing. Somebody said he pastored the First Baptist Church of the Wilderness. Forty years. Well, I don't think I'm going to be here that long. I might. But I don't think I'll live uh, that long. But David's desire. What was his desire? He just simply said, the Lord is my shepherd. He didn't say, I hope so, I think so, maybe so. He said, he is my shepherd. Now, if he's our shepherd, we're going to want to follow him. And if we're following him, we're going to hunger and thirst to be more like him. Our ambition is going to change, and we're going to go after him. Paul's desire, he knew the Lord. Happened on the Damascus Road when he said, Lord, what would you have me do? He'd heard of him before or else he wouldn't have spoke to him uh, like he did. Um, In the jail in Jerusalem. What about the the times he was beaten? What about his shipwrecks? And in Philippians 3.10, he says, oh, that I might know Christ. That I might know him. Not just know him as my Savior, but know him in a way that I want to be more like him. I want to become, uh, I want my righteousness to be his righteousness and and not mine. Um, What a desire to hunger and thirst after righteousness. Well, let me give you another. What what is it uh, that we are hungry and thirsty for? Well, if we are following the word here, blessed are they who do hunger and thirst. Blessed are they who do have an ambition for salvation, okay? 
Now let's look at salvation. First of all, with the lost person, okay? If they're seeking the Lord, hey, I want what's right. I know I'm not saved, and I don't know what to do, and can you help me? And, and that's where we play a part. We come in and help them to become a Christian, all right? Now, what do, we, what do they do with that salvation? All right, if, if uh, like we walk through the line and you got the attendant there and they help you plate with what you want on it, then what do we do with it, okay? Well, I hope I can clean my plate because it's embarrassing me uh, to leave food on the table. So I'm seeking the salvation to use what he has given me, all right? So not only salvation being saved, but how I use this salvation, uh, that God's given. It's a gift, right? We all agree that, that salvation is a gift. So what do we do with it? You know, people today give us gifts. What do we do with that? One man said, I, I'm not going to get my wife anything for Christmas this time because she's never used what I gave her last year. And the man said, what did you give her last year? said, I give her a coffin. Not a, <coughs> I'm talking a box you put yourself in. So we seek salvation. Now, uh, listen, this is what sin will do. Listen to this. You'll get over it in a minute. We should want to stay free from the power of sin. You know, sometimes we, I won't say y'all, sometimes we dabble, dabble in sin. Okay? I recently was fishing. And I had dug worms like I used to as a little boy. Threw it out there. It didn't hit the water good. The float started doing this, you know. Just, just dabbling. He wasn't taking it. Okay, I'm waiting for him to take it. But he just kept dabbling. Directly quit dabbling. I pulled it in. He had got my worm. I put another one on. I said, I'll fix you this time. He started dabbling again. I snatched, pulled him in. You know where it hung him at? Way back here in the back. Wasn't in his mouth. I get he he dabbled too much, and when I jerked, he whirled around. Oh, man alive, how he catch a fish in the back? You know, that's what Satan wants to do, y'all. Listen, he don't care where he catches in the mouth. He he'll catch us in the back if that's what it comes to. We need to be careful. We need to stay away from the from the power uh, of sin. And when we think about that, I think about um, the presence of it, the presence of sin. If we know it's there. Why go to it? The mouse, can you imagine what he must have on his mind? He smells the cheese. Man, I ain't had cheese since last week. And he smells the cheese. And he, he sneaks in there and he's looking every which way. I saw this with my own eyes. He's looking left and he's looking right. And he's got that thing on his mind. He wants it. His desires to have it. And so he looks both ways. He runs out there to grab it. Oh, me, it's over with. I saw that with my own eyes. I was in a house one time. This lady said, you want to eat with me? I said, sure. I'm roofing her house. She's fixing lunch. Man, alive. I'm not exaggerating you one bit. It was a black lady in Earl's Grove. I loved her. Ain't Janie Johnson. I don't know. Bill may have run across her sometime and doing telephone work down in there. But I went into that room, and I'm not telling you, she had fried chicken. She had, she had pork and beef on the table. She had vegetables. She had pound cake. She had plenty of iced tea. She said, now, Reverend, you go ahead and ask the blessing. And I did. She said, now, I'm going in here in the den and sit down. If you need anything, you just call me. I said, you're not going to eat with me? Oh, no, sir. Mm -mm. I'll let you be private. While I'm sitting there eating, I'm just looking around. 
Over there in the corner, here's a little water heater about so high. This little mouse, he run out there and he looked left, he looked right. I'm thinking for him. I said, he's thinking, what's that white man doing in here? You know? <laughs> what's he doing in here? I mean, he's eating up on my stuff. Well, you know, Satan's like that. You don't like competition. And we need, to, we need to do our best to stay away from his power, stay away from his presence, because you and I both know as God's child the penalty for sin. Sin, when it's finished, brings forth what? Say it out loud. Death. The wages of sin is death. We know, hey, that's the consequences. But yet folk want to try it. Hey, let's just try it a little bit. You know, I, I feel so bad sometimes as a pastor of this church when I see stuff, and I don't pull it up, all right? Hey, I don't, I got a flip phone. I don't know how to pull up nothing, hardly except a phone number, and that's only if somebody's done put it in there for me. But it is, it is, what's all embarrassing for me as a pastor when I see our church folk at some place and they're drinking, okay? Even at their house, and they put on pictures of, of what they're done. I'm thinking, what is wrong with y'all? What is wrong with them? Not talking about y'all. What's wrong with them? You know, they've quit church. They've dropped out here. And they're just going their own way. They are nowhere around hungering and thirsting for righteousness. Therefore, they're not going to be filled. Well, what are we, what are we hungry and thirsty for? Not only salvation. And not just, just being saved. That's living the Christian life. But next is, is sanctification. A person does not stop hungering and thirsting after they're saved, okay? We, we want to do more of it. We want to seek the Lord further in it. We want to go deeper in His Word uh, than just John three sixteen. okay? We want to go deeper into His Word and try to understand, you know, what, what is God's desire for me? Whatever that is, I want it to be my ambition, and I want to go at it. Another thing about hunger and thirst is what is the result of desiring righteousness? First of all, it's in the Scripture there, blessed are they who do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be what? Filled. Filled. Uh, you know, when I'm drinking tea, I want my glass to stay filled. Uh, most recently, the, the little girl come by and she poured it up there and left about an inch and a half down from the top. I said something to her. I said, would you mind filling it up? Well, she filled it up. Well, she time she got all the way around, I done drank it down about like I said, would you please fill it up again? I want it full. I, when I reach for it, I don't want to have to hunt it. I don't want to have to look for it. And this one lady, now she really tagged me. I said, would you mind filling it up? She said, sure, but I, I don't mind filling it up, but I thought you might be one of these, you know. <laughs> and have it shook all over the place. So when I picked it up, I started doing it like this, just, uh, just teasing with her. But, hey, if you want to be filled, you've got to seek after the Lord. He's not just simply going to come by and dump it on us, okay? We must seek after it, being filled. Jesus said that those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. In other words, God wants to make us happy and satisfied, right? Satisfied. How many catfish am I going to get for this price? How many can I get for this price? Okay, it depends on how, how filled I want to be when I leave there. We always keep in mind, it's amazing. Some of us will say, well, I'm full. I can't eat anything else. 
what you got for dessert. We always have room for a little dessert. Well, God's no different. He said, if you're if you, you hungry and you're thirsty and you're studying God's word, you keep on, there's going to be some dessert at the end. I'm going to fill you up. Another thing about this, in Psalm 34, 10, it says, They who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Those who seek the Lord, those whose ambition is to follow the Lord. And in Psalm 23, 1, the Lord is my shepherd. 23, 5 says, My cup runneth over. Where did Mark go? I don't know if this is a song or not. It may be. But I heard this somewhere or another. My cup is running over and I'm drinking out of the saucer. My goodness. I remember the days when we took the saucer out from under the cup, poured it in the saucer, carefully picked it up. I don't know why we'd done that other than to cool it off, but it sounded good. I mean, it sounded so good, I wanted to do it myself. We tend to copy one another. We tend to follow along with the group. The pastor was invited to the home of a parishioner, and the mother told the little boy, said, Now, son, please, the pastor's coming for lunch. I want you to be on your best behavior. Yes, ma'am, I promise. I will. Well, they're sitting there eating, and instead of asking for something, the little boy reached for it and knocked his tea over. The pastor right immediately caught his expression on his face. The little fella turned red like... What am I going to do? Well, the pastor in turn knocked his over. Just knocked it over because he didn't want the little feller to feel all alone and by himself. We see somebody that looks like they're all alone and by themselves. Why not join them and help them to get where they need to be? And I'm not talking about in sin, y'all. I'm talking about in spiritual matters. Listen, no matter how spiritual we might think we are, we don't have it all together, Right? The Bible talks about praying for one another, reaching out to one another, helping one another. So, leads me to a last thing concerning being hungry and thirsty. How can I know if I am hungering and thirsting after righteousness? There's five little simple things. Are we dissatisfied with ourselves on the spiritual side? Are we dissatisfied on the spiritual side? I'll be the first to admit, in the morning sometime, I read the Scripture... We pray, get up. Hey, during the day, I'm thinking, what, what was the scripture about? I can't remember. Did, I guess it didn't speak to me, or I wasn't concentrating on what I was reading. A second thing, does anything external satisfy us physically? You know, we, we constantly doing things physically, but nothing ever satisfies. Hey, we take a bath. We have to take another bath. We brush our teeth. We have to take, brush our teeth again. We put on deodorant. We have to put on more deodorant. We put on cologne, perfume, and we have to put on more. We comb our hair, and then we go back and look in the mirror. Or we comb our hair looking in the mirror, and as the Bible says, we walk away and forget what it looked like. You know, the physical things. A third thing is, uh, do we have a great appetite for God's Word? Or we're studying it. Not just reading it, but reaching in and looking to see, hey, what was he what was he saying? A simple thing that, that I have learned about Scripture is if I can know who's speaking, who they speaking to, and what are they speaking about. Uh, three simple things. Who, who wrote this? Okay, it was Matthew. What was Matthew doing? He was saying what Jesus said. 
Who was Jesus talking to? It says he was speaking to the multitude. He was speaking to the disciples. And what was he speaking about? He was speaking about commitment, ambition. He was speaking about a control of our life, okay? Another thing. Are the things of God sweet to us as honey? You know, a lot of times they're sweet to us until tragedy happens. Why did God allow this to happen? I'll tell you why. Sin. Not necessarily in your life or mine. Just pure sin that's attacking the world every day. In Romans 8, 28 says, And we know that all things, good and bad, happy and sad, we know that all things work for good to them that love God and to them who are the called according to His purpose. A fifth and last thing is our hunger and thirst unconditional. Remember the rich young ruler? He wanted to know how he could have, how he could inherit this salvation. And Jesus simply says, huh, you got a lot of possessions. I want you to go sell your possessions, give it to the poor, and follow me. Okay? Now, we, on the human side, we'd want to give up our possessions. But what he's saying, if you'll get rid of those things that you're so bound to and come and follow me, you'll have more stuff than you can do anything with because I'm going to bless you again with more stuff and you'll be able to share that stuff with other people. I think of Job. What did he lose? Everything. What did God give him back? A whole lot more than he had to start with. But the rich young ruler wasn't willing to give up his possessions and follow Jesus, okay? Hey, I didn't ask for this. I promise you, I didn't ask for this. I run from this. I was happy where I was, or I tried to be happy. I was satisfied, and I had watched and been around preachers enough to know, hey, and once you surrender, you're going to be out of here. You're not going to be with your family. You're not going to be with your friends that you grew up with. You're not going to be going here and you're going to be in a foreign land. So therefore, I struggled with it and I fought with it. And of course, you know the rest of the story. God won. And Lynn made a statement one time. She said, you know, God has taken away the memory. The memory. My sister, she still lives back there, keeps us informed who's dying. Keeps us in for who's dying. And she'll say, don't, don't you remember so-and-so? So I'm sorry, I don't. I'm, I don't. Now, if it's kinfolk, yeah, I hope I remember my, my kinfolk. But friends and acquaintances and things. We recently had a, 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 a reunion of uh, class members of Wren High School from 1957 to 1967. And, hey, I'll be honest with you. There's some there that might look like they were supposed to slide in the grave. I mean, my goodness. They had aged, and and I, uh, you know, I'm I'm looking at them, and they're looking at me, and I talked to this old boy, I, my daddy and me, and I'm not exaggerating here. My daddy and me, 45 years ago, bricked his house. He was one grade ahead of me. I'm standing there talking to him. He's just a carrying on a conversation. I'm thinking, who is this? I couldn't remember. He changed so much. Of course, you know, you can look straight ahead and cut your eye and see what's old yonder, you know. I'm cutting my eye trying to see his name. I finally saw his name. But we, you know, we have a tendency to forget. But we ought to stay with the Word of God. Blessed is are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Their ambition, for they shall be filled. 
We need to go God's way and not ours. It's not, hey, I'll be first to admit, it's not the easiest route. It's not the easiest route. Sometimes I think about, you know, the house that God gave us back home. I think about the brick that I laid there and the, where the rock came from, where some of those old brick came from that a granddaddy of mine laid many, many years ago I never met, laid them all in that fireplace. I think of those hewed-out beams that I got out of a place up in West Virginia. Memories. But they don't mean nothing now. I mean, just a thought and... You know, because Lynn and I look at it, and look how blessed we are. Look how blessed we are in more ways than one. I just want to do what God wants me to do. And it, listen to me, it is not always easy to say, hey, here's what we need to do. Here's what we're going to do. It's not easy. You know, preaching is not that big a deal once you know what you're going to preach. Pastoring is where the deal that's, that's the rough part, pastoring. You know, I'm not the best preacher, I admit that. But I try to be a good pastor. I want to be a good pastor. But my responsibility and my job is to be both. And I have to depend on God. You know, it's, I thirst and I hunger. I, I want to do better. I have great room for improvement. Okay, and so when you leave tonight, you don't have to say, oh, you're doing a great job. I appreciate you. You don't even have to say a word because I know one thing. You love me or you wouldn't be here tonight. You love God or you wouldn't be here tonight. And you pray for us. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for the presence of your power here tonight. Thank you for your holy word. Thank you for all that you do for us. Lord, thank you for giving Lynn and, and myself a place to serve. You know my thoughts and my ideas, uh, Lord, before I was called here. It was just like, you know, aimlessly wondering. Lord, I just thank you and I praise you for a place to serve, and I pray that you'd help me to be hungry and thirsty for your word, for your righteousness, because you want to fill us. And I know that you're going to give us the capacity to accept the filling when you come. Bless every home that's represented in this room tonight, Lord. And we'll thank you and praise you for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.